You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. We are in an unprecedented era, and we are now in a situation of war with uh, Hamas, perhaps more. And I'm turning to all my friends in Eretz Israel, my on principle, often uh, co-host, Rabbi Yitzchok Adlerstein. Um, Rabbi Yitzchok, you've been waiting here. Why don't you respond a little bit to your impressions? I know you've written some uh, on your blog, and I know you, of course, are a, uh, a very well-known person in terms of your opinions and presentations. The only ones that uh, really make any difference are to counter some of the stuff that we are already seeing in the press. I saw one article today in Times of Israel about how Jerusalem had turned into a ghost town and how morale is low. Not surprising, it was AFP. A little shocking that Times of Israel contributed to it. But no, Jerusalem is not a ghost town. The mood here is one of shock, disbelief, mourning, bitterly bitter mourning, but morale could not be could not be higher. It, it's one of these occasions where I think the troops are buoying the rest of us rather than we buoying the troops. Although we try to make it reciprocal, but we uh, see video after video of the reaction of our three hundred and sixty thousand troops massed. At the, at the border, just got a uh, urgent appeal for people to tie tzitzis. They've run out of tzitzis that can be bought, and there are just so many requests. And you understand primarily those are not from uh, people who ordinarily wear tzitzis. There is a real feeling in the country of, of being united. People understand that this is... Holocaust 2.0 that we wish that we uh, saw on on Shabbos, and that uh, the enemy is not just Hamas, but it is Hamas and its supporters. It does not mean everybody who hates Israel. It does not mean um, every anti-Semite in the world, though I wish it could. But it does mean those who can look at the horrifying pictures of what went on on Shabbos and cheer as they have in a number of cities. It, quite, quite a number, actually, right? I, I was shocked by hearing cities uh, in Australia, cities uh, throughout the United States. And, and Harvard. Places where, again, you would expect uh, their blood to curdle, for them to just be throwing up in disgust over those images, the same way any person, whether they're Jew or not, uh, to, to see, as you say, Holocaust 2.0, I mean, the Boko Haram uh, incidents in Africa, uh, things that happened in Rwanda, those things are similar to, to what we saw. And of course, everyone uh, reacted there in, in, in total utter disgust. And let me start first, Rabbi Yitzhak, where, where, I, where we first connected, not, not exactly way back with Tikva in that, that summer of who knows how long ago that was. But I'm talking about the first time we spoke on this platform together. I called you in because of your role in the Weisenthal Center as the interfaith, uh, director of interfaith relations. I spoke to you yesterday, uh, off pod, and I said to you, look, you are the interfaith fellow. Where is the condemnation down the line from the, uh, is it what, 
4.7 billion Muslims. I don't know. I probably got the number wrong, but it's, it's definitely something like in the billions of Muslims, they are religion number two or two and a half in terms of sheer number. Where is the condemnation other than from the UAR and Bahrain? It's egregious, terrible. Why can't they re-ex Biden what Biden said yesterday? I, I, I can't I can't tell you that they're not. They uh, supposedly uh, there was a video circulating of a soccer game in Iran where um, I think we can't use the language on screen here, but uh, where some of the people tried bringing out a Palestinian flag and the uh, the crowd erupted by basically telling to take the flags and uh, put them someplace where daylight doesn't reach. Pakistan came out in favor. Uh, I did send a message to the largest Muslim organization in the world, but it was only a few hours ago. So the fact that I haven't gotten a response yet doesn't mean anything. I suggested that the the head of this organization, which actually is the largest Muslim organization in the world, and run by Philip Hakiaya, who is a genuine moderate, I sort of begged for a statement. We'll see if we can get one from them. But I think the most important thing here is is, is that um, while while many of us have said for a long time that the greatest moral litmus test of the 21st century, the beginning of the 21st century, is where you stand on Israel versus the Palestinians. I think it was probably Jonathan Sachs, Colonel Ruffo said it first, but lots of people have been saying it. But, uh, you know, people didn't necessarily see it that way. But it's inconceivable that this, the reaction to Shabbos and the, the, the pictures of the carnage and the confirmation of things you know, that, that the latest confirmation came from Sahal today that they went uh, from house to house and uh, they first shot everybody at close range, then mutilated the bodies and then set the uh, the units on fire. If people can can digest that uh, and lots of people can't, you know, Joe Biden was literally moved to tears when BB sent him the pictures. But those who can digest that and not be revolted as looking evil incarnate in the eye have essentially lost their tzalim alokin. I I wrote a piece yesterday saying that uh, for people who can still see some kind of moral equivalence, forget about siding with them, but even to say that, yeah, but... I mean, what do you want from them? They've been living in this open-air prison for so many years. So what do you expect? Well, uh, civilized people expect that even in times of warfare, you don't go massacring people and cutting up their bodies. And when you do, you understand that they are not part of civilization. And therefore, I, I think it's important for people to realize that the, the upcoming ground war is not just with Hamas, but will be against Hamas and their supporters. The crowds that surrounded the trucks bringing naked, mutilated bodies to, uh, to Gaza, they are not just part of the problem, but they are not fully human being, human beings. So the, uh, the Rambam writes in Maranavuchim 
that those who have sort of the, the mental capacity of human beings, but are totally outside of the framework of civilization, should be considered to be demons and not human beings. So when the casualty figures start to come in, we, we will not be exulting about the loss of life of women and children, but we will not be mourning it quite as much as some other people. And that's a good thing. It sounds like the other countries, including the tremendously oil-rich countries uh, like Saudi Arabia and others, they are scared of angering the mullahs. They're scared of angering and appearing as if they are condemning other Muslims. And and, and as much as I, as a, stu- a student of history and actually a, uh, a devotee sometimes of, of Muslim thinking, of Sufi thinking especially, so again, I have an affinity, a feeling, uh, an intellectual connection and, and an understanding really in many ways of how Islam changed the world in so many positive ways. And today, you know, here we have people kowtowing, being afraid. Uh, and look, I don't know who Muhammad was, but I know there have been great Muslim thinkers, great Muslim theologians, people that could we, we would probably be comfortable sitting at the same table with. I would assume that in whatever sort of world that they have gotten their heavenly reward, that they are also, you know, turning over in disgust by the fact that their descendants are not stating that this is not true. Now, I've had Muslim thinkers tell me since I spoke with you yesterday that this really does align with Quran ideology, that this is not anti-Quran, that basically Muhammad himself engaged in this type of behavior. There still is, it's bigger than Dar or Islam. It, it goes into the fact that this is like Mechia Samolik and in their mind, and they would find it laughable that we are accusing them of being sacrilegious, that they actually are even more religious. And that is why my, my good friend Nelson Gluck and, and, and said, Rabbi Nishayla, this is, forget about the, the korbanos on the ground of, of Jewish people. You're zilzil, you're kavay, because these people hold the Torah is not the Torah, that the Torah is basically is false. The, the Muhammad is the one who finally got it right. And that we have been imposters, and therefore they are. It's not just the Hamoin, but it's actually the, the spokesmen for their religion. Let me just tell you a little bit of an ins- of a, a anecdote. Uh, I have a good friend um, who is in uh, the states who works closely with an imam uh, because he, he he ministers to a population of a very mixed population, and the imam sent him a very private note telling him how he hates this, how it, it disgusts him how he condemns it. But when my friend asked him, can I publicize this? Can I show people this? He says, I'm definitely afraid of you showing it because he has relatives somewhere in Turkey and there is over there a uh, uh, a radical group that will, you think cancel culture means something. <laughs> this is the real cancel culture. So there is a, a there is, there is the aspect of, 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 of Islam and of the Quran that, sanctions this. There is the fear uh, among angering them or appearing on the wrong side. It really shows so much wrong with with the system. And I, I can't believe the world isn't making some point of it. I, I guess I should believe it. Let me ask you, let's, let's go to the second topic that I wanted to grill you on. Besides your role as an interfaith spokesman and as someone who is there to, to build bridges between the different religions, you're also an acute observer of the yeshiva belt. So 
let's talk about the the yeshiva world's response. What's your take on how the Oilam Ateira has responded up until now? I think it's still too early to to tell. I think that uh, they yeshiva world made a, <clears throat> one very quick and one very wise decision uh, to not only curtail the Bein Azmanim, but to effectively end it cold turkey from the from the moment that uh, we understood what was happening. That was a good uh, good response. Yeshivas are back and running. Yeshiva Katanis, I'm not sure. That's a, it's a real problem for the people running them. You're talking about younger students and parents who are kind of uh, fidgety about uh, sending their their kids to a to large large gatherings where there aren't suitable mamadim, where there are no suitable places where people could take shelter. So that's going to be a little more, more complicated. I think the most complicated thing, and that's probably what you're alluding to, is what's going to be the attitudinal response to this. Well, left my home this morning to see Mishpacha on my front steps and was uh, happy to see, and I'm sure they'll take some heat for it, that, uh, you know, the I, I think the, the big banner was on Hashem Hoshiana, but underneath was a graphic of soldiers fighting. So it's not a secret that the, that the Olam HaTorah has for many, many, many years previously come to grips with the fact that, that Sahal is owed Hakar Satov. And right now it gets a little bit more complicated because in the Haredi world, there are enough people who have sons and relatives who are, who are fighting a, a prominent Rav quarter of a mile from where I live. And I'm in remote bet, but in remote Gimel, uh, lost two sons this Shabbos. Levias have still not happened because the Chepha Kedisha... They were, they, were, they were lost because they, they are Hayalim or because they were they were attacked by uh, the... the Hayalim. Hayalim. Wow. So, you know, it's it's going to be aimed by Sesher and Shonnes. The question is the... The, the psychological position that le- that this leaves a lot of people. On the one hand, there's no question that, except for some of the some of the crazies in uh, Naturi Karta, who I I hope are given a one way ticket to Gaza so they can observe from up close. E- everyone else feels now a sense of unity with the country, a sense of kinship, a sense that uh, that these uh, soldiers are the shluchim of Kal Yisrael especially when you see video after video after video of people davening together and the secular uh, soldiers together with the others. And Why is it that today, and I read to you right before we started recording in my weary, bleary eyes, the Hachrosa from the Mayetzas Gedeliat here in America, that this, again, after the, the usual preamble, that what is being asked is these three kapitvach these three kapitlachtilim, which are so important, pay gimel kuflam and kufmem days, that, that we have to, to come with sasik, but there's got to be a number of vigils. Why isn't there a paragraph of shevach, special adgosha of chayolim, of, of what the soldiers are doing? There needs to be tfilas mefuroshois. Chazal always tell us, the Yakutsi Mecklenburg, the great Xavier Kabola writes in, in his Sefer Eel Tfil on, on, on the Siddur, which you're aware of, how important it is to use clear language and Tfilis. The Rabbinic Shalom 
uh, we've had tefillos, of course, for for individuals. I don't care if it's you know the the the, the nusach from the siddur or not, or maybe it should be that nusach. Now's the time to to say that, to say it clearly and openly, and and to work for them. I will, I'll tell you another little uh, anecdote. I'm staying here in the Plaza Hotel, and there's seems to be less refugees here today than there was yesterday. All I can tell you was that the the great feasts that they have here in the morning, there was a lot less people here today. So I, it sounds like the State Department and very savvy travel agents have somehow been able to spirit away the American revelers. However, there was one fellow. He's the head of a yeshiva in both Eretz Yisrael and in uh, Chutz Loretz, who, as I came into the plaza last night, and was telling me that he was involved in a discussion with his menahel here, that the girls of a school that he is in charge of, he came up with the idea to make tzitzis for the soldiers, that the girls should be should be kosher tzitzis, uh, should take a look at the begodim and know how to take the chutim and put them on. And, of course, this is this became a debate between him and the Menahelis's husband, who's a Pesach somewhere, and uh, when I came in, uh, he said, well, what do I think? I said, look, let me take out my computer. So, you know, let's look at the Makairis, because he was quoting the, the Rosh Koyal, no, I don't know if he's a Sephardi or not, he was quoting the opinion of the Kafachayim, that even though the Besiyosim says clearly that it's, it's Kain Nohogu, that the Minag is to do this, no, 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 you know, the, the Kafachayim seems to uh, indicate that even among Sfardim, we should be makabal, the Hisus of the Ramah, not to do it. And of course, the, this principle was frustrating. He says, I'm trying to give these girls a connection. I'm trying to give them something that, and, and look what that would mean, that they were, they're taking time to not only understand what Sitsis is, but to know that they're sending it to kids who are not from, kids who want Sitsis. And it's coming from Bisyankov girls. What an incredible amtsah that he was coming up with, and he was getting this pushback. So Baruch Hashem, again, I was able to help him out just because I had a computer, I had internet connection. I was able to show him the Makairis of not only uh, Rabbi David Yosef, who uh, you know, staunchly defends uh, the the uh, shita, uh, even for Ashkenazim, but as well, despite mentioning the Kafachayim, the Benishchai, but also the Arachashulchan, even earlier, who believes it's just even the Ramah felt it was a chutz a chumra. And, and as my friend, the principal, was saying, look, the, the Mishnabura also is, is already a, 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 a We have to become frumer than them when we can do something symbolic, important. What was, what was the decision? So the Rishkoyal went back and said, okay, I hear. Maybe tell them, you know, when they get it, that uh, they should be kosher it a second time. The point is, as the Archa Shulchan mentions, B'nai Yisrael doesn't mean the late B'nai Yisrael in this context. Only in Korbanos, only in areas where the Kehanim are the primary Oyvdim. Everywhere else except the Mikdosh, B'nai Yisrael means everyone, not B'nai Yisrael or B'nai Yisrael. And I think that Vart that he says in, in, in Simen Yudalid is uh, so apt for us right now. B'nai Yisrael is Echod Anoshim, Echod Noshim, Chinuch uh, Aktanim, and there isn't that's I, I'm that is what should be front and center. Well, let's look at the brighter side of this. The brighter side is that a month ago, if you would have suggested that Beisiakov girls should show their appreciation for Tzahal by making sits for them, even with a note to, to retie them upon receipt, 
it would have been laughed down. Impossible, we can't do that. And you're looking now possibly at a transformative moment for the Haredi world. They're in the middle of a war. There is this feeling of achdus. And, uh, you know, it, hopefully it will carry over after our Nitzachon. So there is something positive. There is something positive there. The decision of the Moed says to stress Pirkei Tilim. Look, I would love, I would love to have seen another paragraph added onto that, but I can see, I can see silver lining in the cloud. Uh, at a time when everybody is glued to their, to their social media and, and there is this militaristic feeling out there. Uh, although Al-Sad Hayoser Tov, there is a sakana that people can can reduce the can, the pedestal upon which we put Tfila and Torah and cut it down a few notches, and that would be tragic. So as the first ball thrown out uh, from the pitcher's mound, uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's bad at all. It's it's more than defensible. But of course, we'd like to see is some follow up that people in the Haredi world will be doing their part, and there are already a good number of efforts uh, that have been put together to send food to all the families, the, the, the families of, of all the Carbonos, the families of all the people who were displaced, the families of people who are sitting Shiva. And even, even, even the, benign, the benign situations of families who their main breadwinner of six or seven, eight children. I witnessed this in Kiryat Gat, uh, as I saw as everyone was leaving, wonderful Mizrahi families uh, whose heads were leaving, packing up, getting into buses, trains, etc. Yeah, they they need help too because they don't have their they don't have their Abba. Yeah, their Abba's not in Kailo somewhere down the street. Their Abba is 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 on a base who can one once or twice a day text them and tell them that they're okay. And then has to, and that's it. So those families also need support, and and, and therefore I think it's 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 not just support of Sahal, which people think is just the standing army. It's it's as you say the three hundred sixty thousand reserves and their families that 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 are owed this hakaras And as I said to you uh, yesterday, I'm happy Yeshiva Smir that Rabbi Yisrael Finkel has been machazik the yeshiva, but to to point to covered Shabbos and as a what we need to work on, as if the the, the lack of Shmira Shabbos in the beginning of of, of Rosh Hashanah, this was sort of the idea that we haven't worked on Shmira Shabbos enough. And Rabbi Zilberstein also issued uh, his letter saying that we have to work on learning and, and being makabel in Yonah Matusha Shabbos. No one is against learning Torah Bahasmoda and Baava and, and and loving God. The question is though that these attempts, similar to what Rahim Kanyevsky Zatzal did when a person came to him and said, I've got a problem with my back, learn Hilchus Trefas, my hands are, are shaking, learn Hilchus Tivas Yadayim, as if not only are these not a panacea, but it almost indicates this is why it occurred. Right. So it's no secret that both of us are not exactly enamored of that approach. But I'll tell you, I sat yesterday at the opening shmuz for the uh, Haskolah Sazman at Kaplan's. 
and Rav Naftali Kaplan, who is the father of three of the Rosh Yeshiva, three branches, is an American who uh, was in Navy Stroll many decades ago. But he is very strongly into Musser. And he got up and he said, you know, I'm going to talk about them, about the matzahs. He didn't say a word about, about learning, which every mashgiach does on day one. And instead he took them through a whole tour of, uh, Ramchal, things about, uh, Tzadik, Tzadik Meisbin, Be'abanos of Shaldoro, and the cleansing power of Yasurin, the purpose of Yasurin, but he steered it all in one direction. He talked a lot about the Tikkun Kololi. And to, to us, this is old news, but for some of these who are pretty young, you know, 17 years old, this is the first time that they heard things like this, that according to the Ramchal, there is mamish a second dimension to our avoda. Many of us live only within the first dimension of what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu expect of me? And what do I do for my shleimus? But Ramchal makes it very, very evident to people that you have a second role, which is part of bringing about the complete tikkun of the world. And he, without going through all the details, his bottom line was that as we contemplate what's going on, we have to see it in terms not only of ourselves, but of the cloth. That we're part of a cloud. Now that's that's a terrific message. Yeah. Well, again, as I mentioned, you, you hinted to this yesterday, and when I, you, I, you said Ramchal and you mentioned these terms, I, I remembered what I learned in the Das Tuna so many years ago that there's two Eilamos, two Hanhogos that work simultaneously. There's Eilam Mishpat and the Eilam Yichud. Eilam Mishpat is the, what we call, of course, Midas Halikim, Midas Hadin, Yeshdin, There's a cause and effect that is understandable and clear. There's an Oynish for an Averis. We work with that. It, 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 it builds us. We grow from even the, the Oynishim and we realize we earn the test grade. We earn uh, from the Nisyonis that we're Misgaber and we get punished when we are Nikshal. But all of that is in a way service for another aspect which is that the Rabbeinu Shalom needs Mishpat in order to bring the connection to the Nivroyim as Nivroyim that are worthy of these Galas of Yichud, where we are actually one with God through that. And often, Ramchal says, something that looks like Mishpat, for example, like you'd see us, you read us Mitzrayim, and the hundreds of years of, of, of unspeakable sometimes torture and terrible acts that similar to what we saw on Shabbos in terms of infanticide. Ramchal says that is mishpot, and, and, and therefore he says there's Averis that the Gemara mentions in the Dharam and other places, Midrashim, Ramban's famous statement by Hogar as well, that there's places where the, the mishpot fits the crime, but it was all based on the greater idea, which was we need the, the, the beer of, of Yeridas Mitzrayim for the Hisgalvas Kvayt Shamayim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Matan Teira and everything that's contained in that. But it's all intertwined. And, and therefore, although we shouldn't necessarily go overboard about Mishpat, 
We still need to know what it was. <laughs> we still need to know that, okay, it was wrong for Avram to bring Zorah. It was wrong for, for, for Zorah to, to be cruel to Hogar. It was, the, 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 it's, there's still a din. I'd like to hear a din that doesn't sound as paltry as, well, we weren't keeping Shabbos strong enough. You, as you and I know well that there, there are plenty of Averis, Amurais, and that were, that were obvious. I will tell you a Maisa that, that I heard years ago, which I have not been able to confirm, although people say it's entirely typical of him. A number of years ago, there was some horrendous catastrophe here. I mean, nothing on the scale of, of, of Shabbos, but, uh, it got everybody thinking, what, what can we do? What do we have to be machazic? What's the Avera? You know, Russian horror or it's Nias, and there already is a group out there saying that Snias, that's the way we're going to, the Mechazek, our soldiers, we're going to have a, a national campaign for women to go out one day in big date sneers. Okay, I'm a little, uh, little skeptical about that. But apparently at the time, word got to Ravaran Lichtenstein, Zechariah Lavracha, who got a little agitated when he heard it. And he said, people are looking for where the problem is, for which diktuk in din they should, they should, they should try to be, to bolster. He said, yesterday, a homeless person in Tel Aviv died on the street. What's there to, what's there to talk about about what we have to do? We have a country, a country with a chryas, a chryas of millions of residents who live here. That's what we have to be, Machazik. And that is going to be still a work in transition for many in the Haredi world who've been living in a bastion kind of, of existence. It's it's them against us. Of course, they're all B'nai Yisrael, and we love everybody. And Baruch Hashem, that's getting better and better, and this is going to make a substantial contribution. But the real avoda, I would imagine, is for people to get out and really feel that you're part of Kali Yisrael, that you're making a contribution, to find something to do to help the effort, as you say, of 360,000 families that now don't have a breadwinner around. Uh, I saw a very beautiful thing. Didn't take long at all. But this afternoon, there's going to be an Avram Fried concert. And the uh, the DJ, or the MC, whatever we'd call them, is Bardak. And it's free for all the families who have kids at home because schools are closed. If we could do something, and, and, and again, Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak, I appreciate it, especially we went over time, and I especially appreciate uh, in that light, we're no bardaks, but if we can somehow help those of you that uh, are listening to all the programs on our platform, you can find Rabbi Yitzchak, of course, uh, just Google his name, you're going to find him in, on, on Cross Currents and other places, and, and hopefully we can, we can at least help you uh, air out some of your frustrations as we air out our own frustrations. Uh, feel free, of course, to, to respond back to us. Rabbi Yitzchok, we'll be Bekesher. I don't have a, I don't have a ticket. My ticket back, uh, is in limbo. In the meantime, we should see Yeshua from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Netzach Yisrael, Lo Yishaker, and hang in there with Una and Bitochen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.